The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. You know when parents talk about having the talk with their kids? The talk. You mean the talk. I mean the talk. Oh, okay. that talk. My son's only seven. We haven't had that talk, but okay. we had what I would describe for us at least the talk today. And our talk was about today son. was the day. No, 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 not, no, no, no. That talk. That's what I'm saying. A different one that for me personally did and it my son to the talk. No, I'm just saying it was the talk for us where he is right now. And, and oh. the talk I mean is, I said, son, I need you to know something. I am trying to sell my car, which means <laughs> it is that. going to go away. Wow. And I know you like it, and wow. I really like it too. And he got really quiet. And my son, okay. as you know, is not quiet. No. It's words from the time he wakes up He's, till the time he goes to bed. It's the like best, he gets it from you, maybe. The, exactly. The best description, and I've told you this before, the best description is my son is a little C-3PO. You turn him on in the morning, and he speaks <laughs> constantly <laughs> until he powers down at night. Who's C-3PO? Yeah. Exactly. So he, that's who he. Well, yeah, for you. But for anyway, me. he's the he's the golden robot in Star Wars. Anyway, so that guy. Oh, that so, guy. So that's that's kind of who my son is. But he got really quiet. Wow. While we were talking, and I could tell he was just kind of thinking this through. And I said, I said, buddy, I know you love it, and I really like it too, but I'm gonna try to sell it, and it may go as early as this week because I actually met with somebody today on it. it. May go as early as this week. If it does, yeah. I need you to know we're gonna get another fun car. I don't know what it's gonna be yet, but we're gonna get another fun car. So I want you to know that. Okay, so this settled into his little brain so, too, so, right? And, and as is the case with my son when he starts thinking stuff through, I never know what the next thing's going to be out of his mouth. <laughs> and he surprised me like he often does. In a he delightful said, way, I hope. He said, okay, um, is it going to have two seats? Ooh. This is his current thing. He's, he's tall for seven. Because I've never considered him tall for seven. He is. He is. is I, he? Now that I've seen him with his peers, I'm like, oh, you are a tall kid. Uh, so anyways, he's tall for seven. Okay. He's a little short, you would normally expect, for a seven-year-old to be riding in the front seat. But he's gotten tall enough now that he really, really wants to. He doesn't want to ride in the back anymore. So when he oh. asked, are there going to be two seats, it took me a split he's second, then I realized. It took me two seconds, then I realized. He wants a two-seat sports car. So he has no ch- – because he's ridden in your GTS where he had no choice and he rode in the right. front seat because that's what you do. You know? Although every time I went 100 miles an hour, he was looking down like, kid, I'm, I'm doing it. This Look is out the, the good window. stuff because, this, you're, because get your better. car isn't sound and fury like the FRS. The FRS <laughs> sounds like something's going to explode like, at 100 miles an there's hour. There's 100 miles an hour. Look over and he's looking down at his phone. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> but don't you uh, – okay. So, I, so, he said, so that was his big question. Is it going to have two seats? And I said, probably, bud. It'll probably be a two-seat car. He was like, "That's cool." <laughs> so that was the that was the whole conversation. So that made everything better. He was cool with it. That made uh, that that made him like okay for now. I'm kind of that made him kind of curious about what's next. You know, so Exciting. I'll be very this curious. This is a definitive moment in his. It'll make a big. Brain, it'll make a big impression. Age. I mean, just as you know, we had definitive moments yeah. in our. You know, I was thinking back just doing the Cayman GTS review today. Mm-hmm. I was thinking back to my ownership and sure, yeah, even before that. Yeah, you shot that today. Me. You went out and shot kind of the equivalent of that FRS piece I just dropped. I did. It was a, a lot of um, <clears throat> talking. I actually <laughs> just drove and drove and drove and meandered off in this direction. And I... Good. You can edit that one, my friend. Feel free. <laughs> before we go on, I want to talk about Auto Tempest. They're our new sponsor on the show yeah. because they provide that service you and I do. We're right. always looking up cars online. You can go to autotempest.com and you can type in your search term once and it searches all the big names and some of the little ones. So you go there, autotempest, that is T-E-M-P-E-S-T, like a storm, autotempest.com. And if you aren't looking for a car right now, you can do it for fun or you can do it and then give them feedback on how the website works. They want that as well, which is really cool. We're excited to bring a couple of fun debates here. And uh, a lot of great questions at the end. We're recording this a little bit early, but thank you for submitting all your questions. We've got some stuff to start off with up at the top here. Yeah. About, uh, well, first of all, the pilgrimage trip. We've got to put that out there. And again, that's coming September Labor Day, September Labor Day for 2017. Yep. That Labor Day week there. It's the 3rd through the 7th. Yeah, 3rd through 7th. Mm -hmm. And uh, any details, everydaydriver.com slash adventures. Mm-hmm. It's on the adventures tab. In fact, I'm starting to get awfully anxious because I'm working on a piece we shot last year when we went on the trip. I forgot about we, this. We shot, I know you did. We shot uh, 
you and I going around doing laps in the M235i, having kind of done our return trip to, to the ring and talking about how the trip had gone. And, and so we're kind of debriefing the trip. We're talking about the car. We're having a fun day on the ring because that was our last. This year, it's going to be ring first, then spa. Last year, it was spa first, then ring. So we were at the end of like all of the track laps for our trip last year. Oh, so wow. you and I are kind of thinking back on the trip. It's a cool little piece. And I wasn't sure when we shot it where it was going to go. And it's just been nice in the schedule now that it's coming around due now. And we're ramping up for this year's trip, which is kind of fun. So I've been watching this footage and being taken cool. back to last year and going, I'm so glad we're going again. Are you thinking about dropping this before the trip happens oh, this yeah, yeah. year? Yeah, yeah, it's going to because... happen in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. All right, fantastic. Well, then we get to share with everybody, mm-hmm. and we'll announce when that drops, and get everybody else excited, too, because they're going to want to go with us on the trip. Hey, it'd be great. We would love to have you guys. If you're listening and you think you can sort it out, bring it. We'd love to have you. All yeah. the details on the website there. But something has come up in the news here, mm-hmm. car-related, of course, from Honda. Yep. It's not the Type R, and it's not the NSX. <laughs> Both of which we're chasing to get on camera. <laughs> That's but right. we may have to add the new Accord. We might here, but the 2018 Honda Accord has been announced and revealed, mm-hmm. finally. Been dropped, yep. And the Coupe has been discontinued. Mm-hmm. This is kind of tragic. It is, but is it surprising? I think no. I guess not. I, I think, I've got to think this through, though. Yeah, I, I, I have to think that car, as much as we really liked it, I mean, we had it. We drove one the last gen a uh, couple years ago, thoroughly enjoyed it. You can get it with mm-hmm. a six-speed. It desperately was undertired. But other than that, it was really very impressive, quite a sleeper sports car. The problem, though, is I just think about how often I see those, or to put it another way, how rarely I see them. Yeah, they probably didn't sell too well. Yeah. And in the six-speed manual transmission, they probably were unicorns. It is a unicorn. And a front-wheel drive coupe as big as that is, mm-hmm. that's kind of a sporty car. And Honda, let's be honest, Honda does not treat their lineup like BMW treats theirs. Definitely Honda not. is in the market to sell volume. <laughs> and the a yeah. Honda uh, Accord yeah. Coupe is not a volume seller, so it's gone, which is a little bit too bad, honestly. But at the same time, this new Accord is great-looking. You think so? I think it's Audi-esque. Okay. In what way? (laughs) I'm I'm ready for you to make a case here because, as you probably tell from my voice here, I completely disagree. Interesting. I think I see see stuff here that reminds me, especially in the the side uh, panels. And again, you're probably going to grind me into the earth with your design (laughs) knowledge. But I see stuff that feels like a generation back of Audi in the side panels and also some stuff that feels a little bit like the Stinger. In some of the proportions okay. and some of the some of the details, it was a little bit like the Stinger to me. And when I've seen this side by side with the uh, with the new Camry, I think this is the far more attractive design of the two. Faint praise, faint praise. Fine, fine. But these are the big boy sellers. I have to say, the only thing I don't I don't think is working for me is I don't really like the taillights. I think the taillights are a little weird, a little fussy, to use your word, uh, but. <laughs> And you and I talk about, every now and then we talk about cut lines. You'd like to talk uh-huh. about cut lines. Yeah. What is going on with the cut lines and all the different things intersecting with these taillights on the trunk? That I am Let's completely baffled by. photos here. But I actually Ooh, think, yeah. I, I'm excited to see one in, in, in the metal because I think it looks pretty great, I have to say. The Accord has gotten big. It's gotten All of these loaded, cars have gotten big. As a oh, yeah. matter of fact. If you see an original Accord... It's smaller than the current Civic. Yeah, I believe it. I it's believe smaller it. Oh, than yeah. the current Honda Civic. You're talking 80s Accords. Exactly. Now. Yeah, the, like the early, back. the original Accords when it was like, oh, a Honda Accord. Well, because the Civics then were a shoebox. Yeah. I mean, the CVCC they, could fit in your hip pocket. Seriously, it was practically a shoe that was just for one of your feet. I think I should get them to drive through the airport just to catch my flights. P- possibly. But that's the thing. The original Accord was smaller than the current Civic, and this new Accord is a 5 Series. As with every new design, I try to come into this with a designer's mindset, and I think, what about this is Honda? Mm. I look at Jags. I look, you know, what about this is Jaguar driving the car? What about this is British? And so I, I come to this car okay. thinking there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of debate, and I see a lot of compromise here. I'm not mm. seeing clean, resolved, beautiful... Uh, I guess a theme, and especially Japanese car companies love themes, okay. especially from nature. Sure. And I'm looking at this trying to think, all right, first of all, I can see A7 in the sweeping rear backlight here. That is yeah. the designer term for the yeah. back glass. 
I can see the long, you know, long lines there. This car doesn't lend itself to coupe shapes. It oh, just I agree won't. With that. No, so I agree that's with that. probably yeah. why yeah. they had to kill the coupe because yeah. this platform is going to lend itself or this design. It'd have to be a completely different design. But looking at the front here, it feels like the Lone Ranger. Acura had the beak problem, and now in <laughs> white, Lone Ranger. you cannot unsee the mask. I can't unsee it. Wearing You're right. a mask. There it is. You're right. I do see that now. What is going on here? Mm-hmm. I'm. It's the rockers <laughs> the, are the Lone Ranger. Is it's good. the Lone Ranger. It's contrived. The rockers are contrived. They don't need to do this. On the other hand. Everything else has been tried on this car, yeah. Design-wise, well, and the Camry has gone really swoopy, stylistic, and a little bit nuts for a Camry. Yes. So it has this gone a now nuts. looks staid in comparison. I agree with you. The Lone Ranger thing, I can now not unsee. Thank you very much. <laughs> Especially but, in white. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. In it's white. wearing a band. In white. It's it's wearing a mask. Wearing, wearing a mask. Well, it do, I do have to say that this front grille looks like there's a piece missing. Okay. It just it. Something about it, and when I see it in different colors, it just feels like I there's there's some design element that's not that hasn't been finished yet in the opening mm. maw of it. But you're seeing a bandana, and now I see that too. I'm seeing a bandana. I wish Honda would go back to. I, I come back to the S2000, not from a driver's perspective, but from a stylistic perspective. Mm. Clean, beautiful, resolved surfaces. It's about as clean and simple as you could possibly design a sports car. But iconic. Yeah. yeah. What about this? I mean, Hyundais are kicking this in the teeth design-wise. Mazdas are doing way better here. And I'm coming to this going, eh, it's okay. It's okay. I, I like it. I genuinely like it. Nothing I really like it. My skirt I really it. like it in profile. I'm not fond of the rear lights, and I think, yeah, now I see the bandana thing. It's I'm very excited done. to We're see done. one in person. I really am. It looks like a large car. It's got flanks. Horses mm-hmm. have smaller flanks than this car. Yeah, well, this has more horsepower. Is that the trade-off? I guess. We have that same thing that's happening across the board, and I see it here as well. Look at how vertical the nose is and how high the hood is. Mm-hmm. Pedestrian crash safety at work right here in this design. You I can mean, see did it. we look at the cross two and think, that was awesome. That was a stylistic home run. Let's keep doing that. <laughs> well, but really? I mean, but you've got those regulations to chase, and I can just see it in in the curve or lack of curve of this hood. You can just see pedestrian crash ratings. I yeah, feel like. this is pretty tall, pretty blunt beak on this thing. Yeah, I I wish. I love that we're disagreeing this much on the on the look. I Granted, wish for more. You have a lot more background to say that than I do, but. Uh, I'm very curious to see it. I'm very curious to drive it. I would like to drive it. I know this is a weird sentence. I'd like to drive it back to back with a new Camry. Interesting, not compelling, but interesting. Yeah, um, it, it'd be it'd be good information to have. I don't know that sure, it would be. It's sure. not a video that's going to light up YouTube. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Maybe we can figure out a way to put them together and make a good compelling TV episode, which of course would eventually be on YouTube. But sure. yeah, the the new Camry versus Accord video that one's not getting clicked a lot. <laughs> there's there's parts of it that I don't mind, but. You know, nobody ever said, I don't mind this. I think I'll buy it about any object. <laughs> well, but, but no, but I, you know what, though? I will say this. If you're a person who buys a car appliance, I actually, and I, I know this is cross tours. This is damning with faint praise, as you like to call things. But honestly, if you're a person that buys a driving appliance, I think you're much more likely to buy this slightly more conservative styled Accord than the new Camry. Possibly. And I think the, I suspect if history is our guide, the Accord will be the better car to drive. Racing to the bottom, are we? Who's but, first? Well, but, but, this is, but this is a volume seller. It is. The number of Corollas I wind up behind every single day, made by the same company as my FRS. My FRS is the better car to drive in any situation than that Corolla, and they can't make Corollas fast enough. Okay, how about this? It's gobs better than a Prius. Okay, but again, you're talking about a low bar. <laughs> Again, a low styling. That's bar. where I'm at with this. Okay, all right. I, I want to drive it. I want to see it. I think it looks cool. Hmm. We'll see. I I'm maybe better in the flesh. As you know, photos never do something justice. So maybe better. Both good in and the bad. Flesh. Both good and bad. Yeah. Will be interesting to see it. All right. Here we go. Jumping into the debates. Here we've got Brooks up in Albany, New York. Mm-hmm. He and his wife Sarah are writing to us, and they are a longtime listener. Well, Brooks is at least. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Really appreciate it. As a matter of fact, he is uh, the unofficial car buying consultant for the other attorneys in his office. Mm-hmm. Both he and his wife are public defenders. 
And like Todd and I, he loves going to de- into dealerships and negotiating the best deals for people who dread buying cars. Mm-hmm. This is kind of how the show started. Well, I don't know that you and I are – I mean, you're, you're better than, than me at this. I don't know that you and I are, are savvy negotiators, but I could just imagine the lawyer comes in with car knowledge and goes, let's negotiate the car. That may be a <laughs> bad be day. That's going to be a fun that conversation. That may be a bad day right there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Brooks got a GTI. He wrote in previously and was asking us to kind of justify his GTI purchase. He went ahead with it. Mm-hmm. Yes, we mm-hmm. just would have justified that. So he's a VW fanboy. His wife has a 2012 Jetta Sport Wagon, mm-hmm. diesel, manual transmission, Autobahn edition here. So TDI, which means yeah. uh, buyback. They're in that world. And so that's the car they're obviously replacing because they're dealing in buyback world. There's a part of them that says they'd love to keep that car if they could get it fixed, but they're realizing there may not be any really good fix coming. So it, they're kind right. of, by default, I kind of think, feel like unhappily moving toward, okay, the TDI we like is going away. I do want to note again, you did just say manual transmission. True. So his wife likes driving that manual. She's a car girl, which is great. She's probably listening right now, so hello. Uh, so that's cool. So they, they are replacing that car, mm-hmm. and they have two kids and, as the, as described here, 65-pound rescue pit bull mix. I have that same dog, actually. So um, the, eight yeah. month, the eight-month-old and the four-month-old. Uh, well, she's not 65 pounds, is she? Oh, yeah. Every bit of that. Really? Every bit of that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about pit bulls. I'm off in the weeds, but follow me. Pit bulls have enormous chest cavities. They're very big in the chest yeah, and shoulders. Right. Okay, And so even though she's a mix, she's like a pit lab mix, she's big in the chest and shoulders. Most dogs her size at the shoulder weigh 35, 40 pounds. She okay. wears every, weighs every bit of 65 to 70, and she Can has her me? entire life. And it's entirely that chest cavity, which okay. is one of the well, reasons why reference. she's not a runner. Because the dogs that are these whippet thin things that weigh thirty pounds are sprint dogs. She'll run you right. know, a couple blocks and be like, "I'm good, I'm good, <laughs> we're good, we're I'm done." Okay. Yeah. Where's so the couch? We're talking exactly. So we're talking about a dog <laughs> about that size. They've got an eight month old and a four year old uh, non furry children, and um, so we've got those three <laughs> are you kids. Sure about that? Those three, well, as far as they tell, uh, those three kids, if you will, to worry about. This is the new family car. So Sarah, Brooks' wife, is leaning towards this new Volkswagen Alltrack SE, also manual transmission, but mm-hmm. Brooks doesn't like the body cladding or the ride height. Neither does she. And here's the thing. They travel from Northern California down to Southern California a lot. They make road trips quite a bit, and they're longing for something larger. So they're considering possibly three rows, mm-hmm. but then they think, well, just for everyday driving. Everything else. They, everything Except else, for road right. tripping, They yeah. just want something smaller. Mm-hmm. So what's the good in between here? And interestingly, Brooks, you said you recently pulled a car, Mercedes GL350, off of Turo for your brother's bachelor party. Yes, probably got a little bit pricey, but uh, but you kind of like that. And then here's the twist for everyone. Got to throw this in. We always have to throw in a twist. It's an odd twist, but it's interesting. I agree. This complicates things because his folks are Tesla owners, Mm -hmm. plural, which means they have two Teslas, (laughs) Brooks? Uh, Unclear, but yes. Uh Very happy Tesla owners. And apparently, they would love Brooks and Sarah to get something that plugs in. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So yep. much so, they're willing to kick in a large chunk of change, yep. like yep. 15 to 20 grand, if Brooks and Sarah get a plug-in electric vehicle or something else, or just flat-out mm-hmm. electric car. Yep. So if they didn't do that, they're capped out at about 30 grand. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if the parents kick in cash for the right car, yeah. 45 to 50. Yeah. I'm almost thinking always take the money. I mean, if your parents are kicking in cash. But, you know, hang on, though. Hang on, though. I mean, uh, parents are giving you money for a car. If they approve. You think it'll be conditional, though? When you're adults with your own kids and you get money from the parents. Look, this is not across the board, okay? I I am projecting my own realities into this. I admit this. But there's (laughs) there's a spectrum. And everybody that's married, you have your own spectrum in in this world. But when parents of adult kids, give their adult kids money. Mm-hmm. That often leads to awkward conversations and, and, and weird moments down the line, okay? So while there's a part of me that goes, okay, that's interesting, there's another part of me that goes, buy your own car with your own money, and then you can just justify the purchase, and they didn't give you money. Now, I know plenty of parents out there 
with adult kids who their relationship, I, I can think of three or four while we're talking about this. The relationship is so fluid and normal and natural that I could see money flowing back and forth either direction in those relationships and it would never have a problem. Sure, sure. I've also known plenty of people where money changes hands in either direction and there's now baggage connected to that money. Yeah, so it can be used I, so as an my, influencing My factor. point here is just be careful. Okay. They're, they're trying to, to – even with the best of intentions, they are trying to influence your buying decision with money behind it. That could okay, be great. I see that. It could be great or it could be a room full of rakes, as you like to say, Paul. <laughs> so just it, – it might be the answer, but I would just say be careful. So Brooks and Sarah got them the charger at their house so when they come for a visit, they can plug their car <laughs> plug in. plug their Tesla in, yeah. So that yeah, means yeah. they already have – a charger at the their house. The capability is there, which is cool. Very which cool. Which means if they sure. acquired a car, if we decided to go that route, or mm-hmm. if they decided to get something, they're already set. They don't have to add this to their lives because they've already added one for the parents. You know what I'm going to say? Don't get the electric car now, and in three years when you can actually buy a Model 3, then get one and ask for the extra money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How long does this offer stand? Yeah, exactly. We'll see. All right, so the top contenders here, Volkswagen Alltrack, as we mentioned before. Brooks suggests a Mazda CX-9, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, for your needs, that's pretty cool. It's pretty up there. Nice they're, they're, they're one of the class leaders in those big boys, yeah. Subaru Outback. You mentioned a used Volvo XC90 T8. Did you know that the, the XC90, this limited edition, starts at $104,000, 105000 The XC90 Excellence. Is it gold-plated? I couldn't believe that. I then that's, a, I that's a six-figure Volvo. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry, you can believe that. So I went back to, yes, used XC90, used BMW 3 Series wagon, used Model X is on this list, mm-hmm. although Brooks says, although some family road trip problems, and the new Buick, that new Buick wagon is out, even though they kind of like the they've, styling. They've removed it. Yes. Yeah. They said they, even though they, and I, I'm very impressed that you guys are listening well enough to know that we were going to head toward the Buick wagon. That's because funny. I was halfway through this email and thought, Buick wagon, and got to this list and saw you list out no Buicks. Which, to answer your question okay. here, Brooks, you're wondering why did GM kill Pontiac but keep Buick? Buick mm-hmm. is selling in China like hotcakes. That's the reason. That, that is, is the, why. That is the beginning and end of the reason. Brooks, yes. I want to back your play here because Pontiac should have been saved in the U.S. They should have gone. That could have been GM's performance-only brand. Agreed. And that would have been— it kind of was already. But, but even more so. They could have just gone fully focused. This is where you go for performance cars. Could have been awesome. But it comes down entirely to that is now a, a niche brand. Mm-hmm. And Buick, for whatever reason, in mainland China, Lexus, Mercedes, BMW, those are looked at as old people cars. If you are young with new money, Buick is seen as the place to be, which is hard for us in the U.S. to, con- to contemplate. But that is entirely the beginning and the end of the reason why Buick survived. Yeah, strange as it seems. All right, so when, I'm jumping in with some choices here. And Great. I'm starting off in Hyundai land. Of course you are. It's an amusement park, but it's... Very low cost to get in. It is, yes. Mm-hmm. It's still a good amusement park there. <laughs> there's still some good rides. Are you putting these poor people at a soul? <laughs> no, as a matter of fact. Okay. Although the Kia Soul does come as an electric car, but I'm oh, not going that stop. direction. I went with a 2017 Hyundai Sonata, their largest sedan, plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. Hmm, About okay. 25 miles range, just okay. electric. On, on just electric, sure. It's a larger sure. vehicle. It doesn't solve the third row problem, Brooks. It doesn't, yeah. But it's a large car. I like the style. As a matter of fact, I like it better than the new Honda Accord. (laughs) There it is. Back. Well done. I think it's actually better. And it's pretty low cost. And you could almost, well, fully loaded, it's about 40 grand. So you couldn't actually get your parents to pay for the full thing. That's kind of what I was trying to do as my starting place is. If you're going to get a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle, Mm -hmm. get the least expensive one you could find and make the parents kick in all of it. (laughs) Oh, wow. But I couldn't wow. do it. If we're going to be in a room off. full of rakes, let's just run through it. Forget walking. <laughs> let's just run from one into the if other. You're skating on thin ice, right? You might there as well dance. Go. So then I went to the Santa Fe Sport, which is cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could be. It's like CX-90, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. I also looked over here at Mercedes, and Mercedes makes a C-Class, the, the 350E plug-in hybrid sedan, I thought, ooh, mm-hmm. you get yourself a really nice C-Class. Now, these are only sold in particular markets that meet emissions standards like California. So you're good. You can find them there. But those are pretty expensive. They're 50 grand. Yeah. But you could do it with the parents' money. And then, yes, I back your plan, the XC90. But then I thought, I had this alternate thought, and it was kind of about the money being an influencing. Could they hold it over your head somehow later on? 
we don't know the relationship. We're, and, we're speculating. And may, here's, the, here's the thing I want to be clear about. That can happen without either side intending it. I don't mean this. True. Look, their relationship with that can be a proactive thing. We gave you money, and therefore that can happen. I'm not suggesting that's the case here at all. I, it's just one of those things, money with adults throwing money around at each other that are related, that just has so many weird complications. Think it of can anybody, have Think You're of anybody right. you know who, when the rich uh, old person in the family dies— how everybody seems to get weird about the money that's left over. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And this yeah. is all family with money. I just think it's, it's, it's problematic. It doesn't mean it couldn't be great. I'm, I'm trying so hard to cover both sides of that because I know both <laughs> exist. I threw that out. Based okay. on what you're saying, I, I kind of agree here. I can see both sides mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. your parents could be just loving and they want nothing but the best. They probably want to protect the grandkids. Of course they do. Thought yeah. number yeah, yeah. one. And anything that will get them to see the grandkids faster. That's the, well, that's key. I mean, if, if you can move next door, most grandparents will. Yes. Yes. But I threw that out. If you don't want to consider that and you want to go your own money, what about the Audi All Road? But then to solve it all, I okay. thought, okay, don't take your parents' money and get yourself a used Audi Q5. Big enough for the dog in the back, big enough for the kids. Okay. It's a kind of quasi SUV. Two yeah. liter, good fuel mileage. Everybody's happy. They're great. Q5. I don't know if it's big enough. I like it. I don't know if it's big enough. I, and I say that and then say this. I also think that he's looking at it's the seat. tall. Let's put it, it that way. It, it, the cabin is tall. Yeah, he's, I, I mean, I'm going to say that, and then I'm going to go the same exact route as you by saying this. Because <laughs> I do like the CX-9. That's one of the, that's one of the class leaders in the Absolutely. big three rows. Absolutely. That's a know? nice one. But I also think you should drive the CX-5 while you're at it. And the CX-5 I was say, do you think too small, and, though? and the Q5, they're about the same size. Both of them might just be too small. Both of them are – here's the thing. Both of those cars are going to be right for everything but your road trips. You're going to be glad you right. got that size. Right. But anytime you want to load up everybody and go somewhere, dog included, you're going to wish you had more space. So you're going to have to weigh right. what's that reality. Because the CX-5 is great. You can actually go back. The current gen they aren't doing it anymore, and they're going to be hard to find, man. But – you can go back. You can find CX-5s with manuals. You've said you guys would love oh, to have a manual yeah. if you could. Uh, Mazda is no longer offering it. I, I, I'd be like 2011? It'd be hard. It'd be hard. Well, it's just the prior gen. I don't know when they stopped. I think they stopped in the last like calendar year or We'd so. Have to Somebody's got to check me. That. But, uh, but the new version, the just updated version, manual's not an option anymore. Mm-hmm. And I will say this: the trade-off there is if they can, if you can only get, I don't, don't have it in front of me. If you can only get manual with the small engine. You probably should just get the bigger engine, too. But that's an interesting thing that you could consider. If you really like the manual, you could go back. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Which is, which is there. Um, I, in my mind, I wanted to get you into something genuinely three-row big. Because, like Q7 big kind of thing? Well, like, well, but that's what the CX-9 is, is yeah, in, it's in that world. Because, you know, yeah. again, my wife and I had an Acadia. I still am a big fan of the Acadia. We I had actually like the refresh. I do, I'm too. I'm starting to see I do them too. around. Yeah. I kind of dig it. We got rid of it because we realized we have one child and one dog, and very rarely, except for when all the grandparents were in town, did we ever use the Acadia. <laughs> then you rent something, and then you're Exactly. So, yeah. so that's why we got rid of it, why we downsized. But I think in your case, you might want something that big. So CX-9 for sure. CX-5 drive for at least comparison. I have two others that get a little more wild card because I'm pushing at the upper edge of your budget. I didn't go anything straight electric. Okay. Because you've talked about how you're worried about long road trips that way. You could look for a Porsche Cayenne base in manual. They're out there. Is the base out there? I know the GTS was. The, and that was the next thing. The GTS comes in manual. Those were the two. Like the, V6, the V6 manual like my wife and I have. The the the. the, the V6, like my wife and I have, right. is available in manual. And we, sh- and we uh, were buying, I looked seriously at a couple of manuals. And we decided to not because it's our family car. And my wife was like, you know what, I love manual, but let's get automatic on the family car. But um, you can find the base V6 Cayenne in a manual transmission, which is cool. And then, of course, if you can find them for your budget, GTS in manual. Yeah. Yeah, and they that might have car, miles on it by now. They may. They may. That car is going to be genuinely dynamic and feel smaller than it is, but it's good-sized. It's mm-hmm. bigger than this Q5 CX-5 we're talking about. It's not quite three-row. It isn't the three-row, but it's not. But it's bigger than the Macan Q5 world, if you will. So that's one. And then do you know what's right at thirty grand? Hmm, many things. Lotus True. leases are. Uh, uh, Wait, are we talking about we're that? We're not talking about that at all. Oh, man. But, you know, we're talking about a Volkswagen family. 
The new Volkswagen Atlas starts at thirty grand. You're it's, kidding it's me. It's their new CX-9 Volkswagen Acadia. Volkswagen does Grand Cherokee. No, it's the Acadia CX-9 competitor. It's a three-row. It is. It's, it's even bigger. It's exactly in this world. We're talking about a Volkswagen-loving family that has to get rid of their TDI. My question is, guys, honestly, you get rid of your TDI, the you have a Atlas. buyback. You have a buyback. Volkswagen's going to want your business again. Go in there, do the buyback on the TDI, grind them into the earth with your lawyer tendencies for finding good deals. <laughs> Proclivities. Seriously, take <laughs> that TDI buyback, see how good a deal you can get on a brand new Volkswagen Atlas. You stay Volkswagen, you go three row, it's a brand new car. That's my favorite. Ooh, that's kind of interesting. That's a large car. It's it's the CX-9. It's exactly that three-row Acadia size. Interesting. And they stay Volkswagen. You, you're going to lose. It's obviously not a manual. But because of the TDI buyback equation in here, I think you've got some leverage. Hmm. And the Atlas arrives, and the Tuar goes away. Tureg. Exactly. The, 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 one of my favorite commercial series ever is all of the people mispronouncing that car. <laughs> yeah. But yes, the, the Tuareg is, is leaving, and the Atlas is now here. So... Uh, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I get in the Atlas at the LA Auto Show, and it's fine. I'm not a huge fan, but it is competitive in this area, and it is exactly what you're looking for. Hmm. This is fine. Let's get it. You think? But it's a Volkswagen three-row SUV. That has not existed before. I love the commercials for the Atlas, by the way. It's uh, it's definitely the birds and the bees kind of thing, and the family is growing, mm-hmm, and the car is mm-hmm. rocking, so interesting. All right, well, guys, hope that is really helpful to you. We'll be right back. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All right, moving on to the second debate here for another attorney up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. By the way, I was uh, born in Minneapolis, Fairview Southdale Hospital. Look at that. So even though I grew up in Colorado. Do you still have a little like printed onesie actually, from the hospital? No, I okay. don't. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't. This is Scott. He is a patent attorney up in Minneapolis. <laughs> he is listening to the podcast, and has quite a nice garage. Yes. He drives a 2002 Porsche 911 Carrera 2 manual, so the 996.2, as his only car. Yep. He's got a second set of wheels and tires, so he's doing the Utah thing too. Yep. Switching out for winter. Anokian Hakapalita tires. Which is fun to just say. I just wanted to say that word. That's just fun to say, yeah. (laughs) And his wife has a 2004 BMW 530i six-speed Manuals in the family, manuals for everyone. You realize we've had two situations here. Dig it. Where the wife's car is also a manual transmission. Pretty cool. The family car is also a manual. I, we, we've got car enthusiast wives from two lawyers here. I think this is great. You see it's how these really emails cool. kind of, of related. Course. I they, had they to put them together here. Absolutely. All right. Well, we've got uh, Scott. He's not selling the 911. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that car's staying. We're not shopping for his wife either. Yes. He's looking for a winter beater. Kind of. Thank you for saying kind of. This is honestly... Ish. I got here and I was like, oh, okay, you've got a 911. You've got the the BMW 5 Series you like. You're looking for a winter beater. And then the more I read the email, I was like, not really. But exactly. Not not really. (laughs) So again, not looking to sell any cars because he loves the 911, but fuel is expensive. I mean, premium fuel commuting 25 miles each way... He's kind of getting expensive. And he's asking that question because he's driven the 911 year-round. He could continue to drive it year-round. And we're both applauding you for that. But you're having that question of just going, shouldn't I keep this car a little bit more precious? Can't I make this Mm -hmm. just a summer vehicle, find something I can drive in the winter, and is going to cost me less on gas mileage? I mean, actually, uh, fuel efficiency, he lists as his most important trait here, which I find interesting. for that commute. So it's a commute car. Yeah, but he's got three things here that I don't think go together. We've got fuel. (laughs) He he actually does say that he doesn't even need four-wheel drive. He's fine, clearly, with putting good winter tires on. So that's not a requirement. Okay. But number one is fuel efficient. Right. Number two is winter duty. Number three is convertible. 
But that's a nice to have. That's a bonus thrown in. I I know, but 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 it's on the list. This is, is this, what you're saying. It's only, I get but it. my point is, if this was a thirty point list and convertible nice to have is on there, it's a three point list. And the third point is, <laughs> by the way, my winner beater would be fun if it was convertible. And at that point, my brain kind of ground to a halt. I was doing fine. I got to that and I went, wait, what? Excuse me. <laughs> and all this for under ten grand. Yes. Manual again. And here's the twist. His brother, Scott's brother, just bought a 2013 Fiat 500e for six grand? Because they can't give them away. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And he really likes the way it drives, yeah, eats up the commute with battery range to spare, but he doesn't mind this. So he's actually considering a fun car here, but he would be open to a 500e or an i3, something less expensive. Total electric. just All electric commuter, yeah. you know, something like that. So what does he do? What what direction does he go? I came up with two. Okay, I did as well. Fact. I did as well. I like the EV. As a matter of fact, a uh, a person that I know at Tesla. He's okay. been there for a long time. All right. Yeah. He's a visualization manager. Great guy. Okay. He owns an Aston Martin. DB. No, he he has a Vantage. That's okay. What he's got. Nice problem to have. But he commutes to work to Tesla mm-hmm. in a Fiat 500e. Interesting. Parked in the employee parking lot right there. Yeah. And he loves it. Yeah. And it solves the commute. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think, sure. wait, you work for Tesla, an electric car maker. Why? Okay. But Six you, grand. But you know what? Honestly, Done. I bet you that's looked at better at a place like the Tesla parking lot than if you pulled it in the Vantage, though. Absolutely. He doesn't drive the Vantage to yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. He drives the 500e. That's yeah. the commute car in LA. All right. So kind of interesting there. Some examples that Scott is considering are the Miata, of course, mm-hmm. Jeep Wrangler, mm-hmm. Fiesta ST has to be on the list. Although I don't know that you can get them for ten grand yet. Well, and I, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I think that's a kind of a shoehorning it into the category. But keep going. We like shoehorning in. We do. We, that we are we're the kings of that for sure. <laughs> a one or a three series from BMW, and then as we uh, the aforementioned electric cars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But did you know, Scott, that you can get a 2011 Honda CRZ? Ooh. With a handbrake. <laughs> we've reached you that understand place. where I'm we've going, reached that right? place where the handbrake is now a, now a feature. It's yeah, a keep going. selling feature. Yeah. You can get these for under ten grand, fairly low miles, great gas mileage, fun to drive, manual transmission. Did I mention the handbrake part? You've because you're gonna be hanging well. out on weekends doing donuts in your employee parking lot you've done well with that I, what do you think i did not think of that car that is that is a great little wild card CRZ. Well done. no i think that's cool under 10 grand but the problem is it's not a convertible it and isn't. i'm sure you don't want to pop out the sawzall and go to town preferably not so i landed at a 99 bmw m roadster or at the very least a z3 roadster okay that's a convertible sure i don't know how the gas mileage is going to be yeah yeah eh, it's not going to be great but manual transmission mm-hmm. inexpensive bet you could find it for under 10 grand i don't know about the m roadsters they might still be a little bit expensive no you can get them you can get them 10 grand because I, I looked them up earlier they, they were in my like short list for this discussion i didn't land there but they're they're out that's a for sure weird answer to winter convertible fuel efficiency no i agree with you that's a the only Strange reason it's fuel answer. efficient is because at ten grand, what you're mostly getting is a little engine, the little four cylinder two and a half liter. Right, that's right. why they're fuel efficient, because you wind up in that smaller engine. So could we shoehorn that into the? I think category? that does work. I actually think that works better than the Fiesta ST here, to be honest with you. I kind of do too. Yeah. I mean, Fiesta ST, yes, that's the answer, as is Miata. But yeah, we always say that. I have, I have two. Okay. Because one of the things I thought about, I thought about what you've really done here is you've said. I mean, fuel efficient is a factor, but you said winter duty convertible. You might as well have a giant dog to throw in here, too. Seriously, I mean, just for fun. Something yeah, exactly. By the way, my great Dane and my wife need to get in the car. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. But but so that's the thing. We're talking about you want a winter beater, but here's what, I, here's what I'm reading between the lines. You said in here you used to have an MR2 spider, which you loved. Mm. So I think you're having a crisis here where you want you want a car that is not as precious as the 911 that can, you can drive all winter and just be like it cost me 10 grand what do i care right but then right. at the same time you wish you had a convertible in your life so you've decided <laughs> to marry those two things together <laughs> throw at us and see what we come up with so i went all right challenge accepted i'm going to try to come at you with two convertibles that are hard top convertibles because oh. I think if you're going to do the winter thing, because you could chase the world's cheapest Porsche Boxster and get there. You're a Porsche guy. You like Porsche. Buy a cheap Boxster. You could. 
And even though that's like a cabriolet, like a line top, I went hard top convertible. You've already brought up one of them, this Scott. This is interesting. You already brought up the Mazda Miata, the NC, which you can get in a hard top. I think that should absolutely be on this list. Sure, sure. Obviously, those are fuel efficient. You aren't worried about having to have rear-wheel drive, I mean, all-wheel drive, so you can put winter tires on it. You know that works. That will be great in all weather, and it'll be genuinely fun if you have a great summer day. You just want to take your wife out, off you go. Then I had this thought, and I looked them up and was surprised they were exactly in this price. Okay. I'm not doing great on gas mileage in this scenario, but it is a cheaper car in every other category. You know, you can get an Infiniti G37 convertible for this money all day long. Those are hard top convertibles. Whoa, you've done it. I forgot about this car. Two plus two hard top convertibles. You're right. It was a hard top convertible. Yes, they all are. All the convertibles of that G37 oh are hard top convertibles. This is a car that if it was your winter beater, I think you won't think twice. It's not going to feel really small like the NC Miata, but it's it's this a ten thousand cool. dollar Infiniti. It's it's are they ten grand genuinely? I found them. I found them. I looked it up. I, I was like, I, is this close? Is it manual? Now ten's like the floor. I I don't know that he's going to walk away with manual on this this equation. We'll see. You might be able to find. This I mean, is would the they pair a manual with a hard top convertible? The, the, theoretically, decision, the build right? the build sheet exists. Does the car exist in your used searching for your money? I don't know. Okay. So are they out tough, there? Tough Theoretically, call. yes. So look, mm. it's got that great uh, that great engine that they were making at the time. That was a really good, uh, really good engine, like three hundred and thirty something horsepower. I mean, it's the Z car, done a little more luxurious with back seats, and now it's hard top convertible. Wow! For this money, I because that's a little wild card, but I almost <laughs> sniper shotted that car because I was like, this that's is not on good. the radar. Kudos. So that I think you can drive good. that all winter, enjoy it, and I think you could also, in the summertime, you decide, look, I love driving the 911 for fun. I had a good blast, but honey, let's go out for the night. You've got her in a nice car. Drop the top, go. I like that. G37 convertible, and I'm out. Wow. Well done. That's pretty awesome. I forgot about this car. I, I just I had that moment where I was like, wait a minute, what am I forgetting? And then I had, then I had to go, I had to look up auto templates to just be like, all right, let's go nationwide. Are they out there, and are they this cheap? And they are. There's not a lot of them, but they are this cheap. No kidding. That's fantastic. All right. Well, Scott, you've got a lot to think about here. Thank you both for writing in. Really appreciate it. If you've got your own car debate, write to us at the website or everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Send those to us, and hopefully we can get to those. And, uh, yeah, love the stories that go along with uh, all your debates. But let's jump into questions, and let's start with Blake's question. We've got to Perfect. get to it. We're no, no, no. It's a great question. Yep. Let's jump right in. Mm-hmm. Blake writes to us on Facebook a serious question, and he says, are all your listeners rich? <laughs> You've got one guy who's got 15 cars looking for a new one, another one with an $80,000 budget. How can I meet these people to give me my money? We're, we're in line ahead of you, by the way, Blake. <laughs> exactly. Back yeah. the lines that way. Mm-hmm. I'm over here with my $30,000 budget trying to finance it, trying to figure out what I did wrong with my life. You did nothing wrong, Here's, Blake. A couple of things are going on here, Blake. I, I, honestly, man, you've been with us for a long time. Thank you for this question. It's a, it's a valid question. Yes. There's a couple of categories that this strikes in my brain, a couple of answers here, and I'm very curious what's rattling around in your head too, Paul. Rich in car knowledge, rich in friendship. <laughs> well, first off, yes, if anybody's giving out money, Paul and I are already in line. But, but <laughs> yes. here's, there's a couple of things out. going on at once. First off, uh, Paul and I are both feeling very blessed to live in Park City. Great. This is a town where people have a lot of money. A lot of the people that we bump into in the coffee club we're involved in, in some of the car groups, there's a lot of people here with money that shocks Paul and I. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we are the car guys of that group. So we're talking to guys who've got a lot of money to throw around on car number five. That's not the, the lifestyle either Paul or I li- no. live in. But yet we are meeting more and more of those people living in Park City. On the other side of the equation, though, the thing we're chasing all the time, Blake, I'm right here with you, $30,000 budget for a car if I'm lucky and I can finance it. I mean, welcome to my current, like, today's shopping debate is exactly that for me. The vast majority of emails we get for this show, people are looking for less than thirty grand. Absolutely. The huge vast majority. One of the reasons we bring up these higher budget things is to vary the conversation because the joke we've made all the time is the number of emails we get, we get probably at least one a week that the email goes something like this. <laughs> Hi, guys. This will be good. <laughs> uh, $25,000. I'd like all-wheel drive because I get some weather every now and then. Uh, four-door sedan probably, and I'd like it to be fun. Could it be manual too, maybe? It, ideally, yeah. Yeah. 
And does it come in blue with gold wheels? That would be that. Hey, if we could, let's do that. All right. What I don't know what yeah. to get. Subaru WRX done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. All of those emails go in that pile. We we could probably do the podcast for a couple of months, and just the answer would be WRX every single time. So one of the things we're doing, and as Paul's going through all these emails, and we're always reading all of them. One of us puts eyes on every single email you send. Yes. If they get repetitive in the request. We don't want to keep putting them on the podcast so that you guys are hearing the exact same discussion every time. Right. So we vary it up, and that varies up the price as well. As you can see, Blake, from and everybody listening, from the emails, it's the human interest. It's about people hearing about the stories of everything going else going on in, in everybody's life. You know, like uh, like Brooks and his folks, you know, throwing money at the equation to try to influence sure. their car buying sure, equation. Sure, yeah. That's kind of an interesting twist. Mm-hmm. And I know all of you have some sort of – kind of interesting thing we've done the college car debates we've done the under five thousand dollar car absolutely you know what we think about the under five thousand dollar car yeah but we've done chasing all of the categories we've done every single uh manufacturer we've done you know market segments we've done price points i mean the the emails are all over the map but look at tonight we had 30 grand and 10 grand yes exactly right so i try to vary things up and it's fun to to throw in Hey, I've got sixty-five to spend. I've got seventy. I've got a hundred to spend. What should I get? It's fun to discuss that because now we're dreaming too. But then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we're dreaming like, wow, that that would actually be pretty nice. Yeah. What if? But you know, we want to definitely keep it relatable. But from an everyday driver standpoint, from the name of the show, it has less to do with what you think. It's more about we drive cars every day, so get in something fun. True. It doesn't define a price point necessarily. Yeah, I mean, we try, generally, you and I try to stay, certainly on video, we try to stay under sixty grand. but we even break that because there's cars like the M3 and the Quadrifoglio, sure. they're over sixty. Now, you can, you know, I mean, theoretically, bought on the barrel of them for that. But, I mean, this is why we talk about used cars all the time. I love the idea of my, my wife's kind. We were talking about this at lunch today, she and I. Okay. She, we got off onto this conversation, and she asked me, she said, what was my car new? And it was $72,000. You're kidding me. It was $72,000. And it drives like a $72,000 We bought it for a third of that. Yeah. A third of that. Yes. Where? Sorry. Oh, that's the paperwork? Let's sign that right now. Exactly. You know, this is what we love. But but that's the thing. Whatever budget you're at, and this is the car world you have, uh, we want to talk to that. But we don't want to have the exact same conversation every time. Thank you guys to all of you that write in because we are listening, we are reading, and we're trying to find the fun stories in all of it. Definitely. We appreciate it. All right. There was a question on here that I've got to get to. It's on Twitter. And from Ari, Ariopolis Now. All right. I don't think we've ever talked about this before. Okay, what is it? He asks, what is your honking etiquette? Oh, this is a good one. This is really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I am fascinated by this. We've never talked about honking. Mm -hmm. I'm curious as to where where you live, because I think it depends on what continent you're in, what country you're in. And then the city, yeah. And then the city. Yeah. Because I experienced, I was in Brazil, gosh, 10 years ago. I was going to bring up Brazil as well. Keep going, keep going. Yeah. I uh, you you were there for different reasons. I was I was yeah. You I were was in Sao Paulo. I was in Sao Paulo. Yeah, for five days for work on the Lord of the Rings years. Yeah. So wow, way back in 2007, I went to Rio for my cousin's wedding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He married a gal who was native Rio, and and her folks lived in uh, Nashville, I think. But they met there. They met at Duke. Got married in Rio. The wedding was beautiful. I'm sure. And man, has anyone ever said the sentence "We got married in Rio and it was awfully ugly"? <laughs> no, hasn't happened. Keep going. It was such an education, and it was so interesting to hear honking as a language. Absolutely, it is. In America, whenever somebody honks, there's anger behind that honk. Generally, yeah. Generally speaking, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. In Brazil, not the case. Mm-hmm. It's such a language of, in sometimes just, hey, I'm looking out for you. Mm-hmm. I'm coming around you. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of have your best interests in mind honk honk as i need to get past or get around totally yeah i mean people leave their their emergency brakes off and the car in neutral on the street at night so people can kind of just bump the cars back and forth and they kind of just (laughs) roll figure out the parallel parking open up a space and you need to get out you just kind of bump 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 and get out and then find a space and bump the cars out the thing i remember about it's amazing ours of sitting in traffic in Sao Paulo, Brazil, was going down a freeway with, I think, four or five lanes. And then I realized, as I looked left and right, there were seven lanes of traffic moving in like four to five lanes worth of painted lanes. Now, the cars obviously were small, but 
but lanes were suggestions. They were lanes were like we're going this. It was like the traffic flow markers because it wasn't like everybody's in their own lane. Everybody was mm. literally there were always two lanes more traffic than painted lanes on the road. And you're right, everybody that drove. It was an entire language. The, the the frequency of the honking, the severity of the pressure. Right, right. And then, and then the same thing, though, New York cab drivers do the exact we go. same Here thing. Here we go. That's and, a great and example. And it wasn't until I'd been – and actually just – it was also a work trip. But it was funny. I remember I, I went to Sao Paulo for right. New Line for work. And right. I wound up in New York sometime in the probably the six months later in a cab and was struck by – I never thought about the fact that it's the same language. It's just developed differently here. Mm. You can find New York cab drivers, absolutely. New York cab drivers are much more likely to use their horn in anger than I heard in Brazil. But a lot of them are just using it for, hey, guys, coming through. Hey, look out. I'm right there. Hey, bye, buddy. Don't get in the street. There, you can right, almost start right. to, to realize the language that's happening. I've never used my horn like this in my life. Uh, ever. Neither have I. Ever. I mean, I've honked at people a lot of times when they're doing something really, really stupid. Mm-hmm. And they're about to you know, cause an accident or something like that. But living in Utah has changed my sitting at the light, waiting for somebody to go when Mm. the light turns green. It's changed all that for me Mm. because whereas living in LA and you're in LA, there's so many cars behind you waiting to get through that left turn signal. Sure. Yeah. The the LA left. Yeah. If you wait, if you're pausing, if you're not paying attention for any reason, you're going to get honked at. It's time. Yeah. But here in Utah, I'm thinking, you know what? Do, do I really need to? Because, does it really matter if I get there 10 seconds earlier? <laughs> no, it does not. So you know what? Whenever you're ready to go, I'd love to go now. But you know what? I, I don't need to honk. Yeah. No, no Interesting. Reason. Let's just Interesting. Let's get a move on. But okay. You know, you know what I realized when I thought about this? The only time I use my horn is, hey, by the way, I'm here. Notice me. It's never in anger. It's always I'm getting pressured mm. because I drive something little. You're in a little car. And it's yeah. always... Now, granted, I also realized as we were thinking about this recently, people were asking color, uh, questions about colors. The other reason I like really bright cars is because I'm driving a dot. So the closer yeah. it is to neon, the more chance you have of seeing me. You put a but f- safety flag that, or, the, it or is, dunes. It is know, the like rolling safety Glamis flag. Dunes exactly flag. right. But I realized that's the way I use my horn nine times out of ten. I don't even use it often, but it's almost always, hi, this is me, you haven't seen me, and I happen to be right here. Gosh, especially for big rigs, you know, ah, blind absolutely. spots. Absolutely. By the way, don't drive in the blind spot of truck drivers, everyone. Just Ooh, yeah. get past the truck. I know you might have to break the speed limit a little bit, but <laughs> don't hang out on their blind spot. They, can't, they don't know you're there. Just have some etiquette. Don't cut them off. Just get away from the truck. Leave them alone. If you them knew doing their how thing. much that truck weighed, oh my gosh, you would never cut off a truck. Especially, we go down that downhill section of I eighty here, and I see people saw trucks in half going down that thing, and mm. I'm just thinking, you realize halfway down this road there is a runaway truck ramp, right? That's there because oh. these guys might lose their brakes, and you just decided to test them. Yeah, exactly. That boggles me when I see that. You know, this relates to Scott Durrell's question on IG. Glad you, you said that? that. He asked how we position our side mirrors. Mm. My wife and I go round and round on this. You do, huh? We do. We do. Because she was taught, I hate to say it, the common slash wrong way. Mm. And she can't get past it. Interesting. The, the, the wrong way here, honestly, is, and I know this is going to sound weird because so many of us do it. Look, I was taught the way I'm about to describe. Your side mirrors look right down the body panels of your car. Like in the edge of your side mirrors, you're right. seeing your body panels. Yeah. But the, the weird thing about that is if you start to think about it, you're now not seeing anything you aren't already seeing in your rearview mirror. In the center rearview mirror. You've duplicated your rearview mirror with just the sides. Right. right. The great thing about side mirrors, you can actually position them. Please continue looking over your shoulder. But you can position them. So <laughs> that you. blind spot section of your car, right off your back quarter panels, whatever's sitting there, you can see it with a flick of your eye because your mirror is set up to see that car. Exactly right. That's how it should be because it broadens your view. But I was taught. I was taught right down the sides of the car. And you're trying to force a mirror that's on the side of the car to look at the space directly behind your car. Which the that's, the, the center mirror is already center doing. center one already there. Yeah. Yep. I'm glad you wrote in, Scott. I'm glad you asked that question because I, I comment. I see people trying to do this, and then I get back in the same position. I think, why were you trying to make this mirror do things it's not designed to do? Well, but you're not letting it's it help you, though. But you're not letting it help you. True. That's the thing I hate about it. Right. Is, is you still, if you will, if you put it looking down the sides of your car, you've made your rear view widescreen. 
If you think about it in movie terms, you made your rearview mirror now widescreen, but you're still looking right behind you. Exactly. You can't those little mirrors out, and you can now see something that is creeping up in your blind spot. And as the guy in the orange teenager's car that you didn't see creeping up in your blind spot, I'd like you to know I'm there. Well, hopefully not for long. Maybe your car will sell. Well, hopefully we'll it see. will, but let's be honest. I'm not going to buy a big rig, so I'm still going to no. be in something, some ridiculous color and tiny because no, it's me. Exactly. All right, super quick on Facebook. Ian Scott has asked us, how have hybrid electric vehicles affected the mainstream adoption of these vehicles in the market? I can tell you. Okay. It's the front end. It's the face. It's the grill. Combustion engine cars need cooling. They have to breathe, yeah. They've got to breathe, and so... Everything, all the engineers are trying to do is fight with the designers. The engineers want big gaping holes. The designers want to close things off and make them sleek and beautiful. Yeah. It's a constant fight. So that's why a lot of cars went to the lower front air dams, you know, a lot of air going in low. But it's got to have openings. It's got to have cooling for the car. But now, as electric cars, you can see that in the first generation Tesla Model S. Mm-hmm. That front end was designed mm-hmm. to kind of mimic a grill, even though Didn't electric cars do not need that. Good point. And now we're seeing that with the Model 3 that has nothing. I'm telling you, Billy Idol, eyes without a face. You're hearing in your head for the rest of the day. You're <laughs> that, gonna go. You're gonna make the, a Pandora station, a Billy Idol Pandora station. Now that in the Lone Ranger Honda Accord, we're getting stuff right. done tonight. We really are. Yeah, we yeah. are. I'm telling you, eyes without a face. Don't sing. No, we don't sing. <laughs> we don't sing. But hey, you're hearing it now. You're right. It's that is how having that look has made electric vehicles feel okay because it kind of has that feel, but. All that's going away. Electric cars mm. don't need the cooling. Who cares? Mm-hmm. So that's going to affect everything else, and we're going to get blank, noseless, faceless cars coming at well, you. Look at look at the the take the Model Three out of the equation for a second. Look at what the the noses of the Model X and how they retrofit that yes. nose back onto the Model S, where they took out almost entirely all of the grill, and it's just that T floating in a tiny little dark space. But we're yeah. used to a negative space there, a black mm-hmm. space, which, of course, we, as we said, Honda Accord has done, has done big <laughs> time you, now. Put on but, your mask right now. Yeah, it's interesting. The okay, Ranger. all right. The Bolt does this well, as a matter of fact. They've actually accomplished a, a interesting, visually interesting look to the front of the car. Mm-hmm even though it doesn't need any big gaping radiator holes. You know what? Think about the BMW i3. They kept their kidney grills. Yeah. The kidney grills don't have to breathe anything, but they can also design it so that all you have to do is put kidney grills on it. None of the rest of the thing needs cooling. Exactly. None of the rest of the thing needs cooling, which is great. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Bruce wrote in on Facebook with an interesting question that I thought about for a second. I think I have an answer. If you were deaf and couldn't hear the engine note. Yeah. This is random. Which engine do we think would be best from a feel perspective? V8s are certainly up there. That's my answer, too. Nothing like a V8. The V8 has that off-kilter rumble about it. You feel it in your seat. Yeah. That just gives it personality from a, yeah. from a, a, a tactile perspective. Something like a uh, RX-8 is just going to feel like vibration. Because it's so smooth. Those rotaries are so smooth. Mm-hmm. They just it, – it just keeps spinning, just and spinning, and spinning, and spinning. Exactly. Whereas that V8 sitting at a stoplight or going 100 miles an hour, there's a, there's a specific rumble to a V8. I love that that was where you jumped to because I think that's the answer. Especially muscle cars that are you know, yeah, overcam yeah. and they you know, yeah. rock sideways at the you, stoplight. You, when you rev, rev it and the whole car rocks for sure. <laughs> All right. ZFZ Mikey on Instagram asks an interesting question that I think – I have an answer you weren't expecting. Uh-oh. What is your must-have vintage car? I know yours already. I think yeah. everybody listening knows yours. Yeah. And he's saying no later than 1990. And to make it more difficult, I cannot say 911. So that's <laughs> off the table. Porsche's off the table. I have a lot of them, as a matter of fact. But my top choice okay. is a 1925 Bugatti Type 35. Good grief. Straight eight engine yeah unbelievable i've seen one of these actually run in person they're just so mechanical and amazing and wonderful and i'm all about the bugatti type 35 well done so what do you think my answer is oh 63 jag e-type series one yeah yeah series one so the the uh the 61 to 63 Three, four ish, yeah. The yeah, some, one yeah, type, 63, yeah. something and like that. And I would that. probably go against convention and go coupe. 
I was going to say, would you go hard not, top? Not two plus two, because the two plus two looks like a pregnant guppy. The, the coop. So we all know what pregnant guppies look yeah. like. They hey, just they, popped they do. mine. So, hey, hey, we've all, we've all been... <laughs> I can uh, picture it. We've all been in elementary school, and we've seen a pregnant <laughs> guppy in the, in the class. Of course. What? Teacher, what's going on? Forget it. Anyway, there, there's the talk. We're back to the talk from earlier. <laughs> right. But yeah, but no, but the, the actual original Series 1 coop. Oh, yeah. That's, that's up there for me. Also on the list are a 1965 Ford GT40. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. If we're, if we're just All right. Play, I mean, if we're playing with money. You're must right. Have. We're playing with money. Okay. And if we're playing with money, it's going to be a 62 Ferrari GTO or a 58 Ferrari Testarossa. Yeah, I knew you'd go there. Yeah. But if I went, okay, let's keep it kind of real, would you let me have the first-gen Acura NSX or a Lotus Esprit Turbo? Ooh. What do you think? Both of those are superb. Both of those are really, Vintage really good. now, kind of. No, yeah, they absolutely are. Absolutely. Yeah. Are. Those, are, those are great answers. I like that a lot. All right. What else struck you here? Uh, let's see. Um, the, the, the one prophet on IG asked, for daily driving, we've kind of answered this before, do we find ourselves heel-toe downshifting just because we're driving and we can't? Yes, is the short answer to that question. I just do. I, there's there's <laughs> no much. reason for it. Look, there are plenty of times when I'm coming up to a stoplight in traffic. I don't go five, four, three, two. I don't do that. But if I'm coming into a corner with any kind of speed and going to leave, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. You come off the freeway on-ramp, and at the bottom of the freeway on-ramp, the light is green. You better believe I'm heel-toe downshifting to get through that right-hand corner. You better believe I am Mm. all the time because it's practice. Why wouldn't you? That's true. It's a gimme. Will you answer GTechmichov on Twitter? He's been asking a question here that's bugging him about – Aftermarket heavy shifter knobs. Oh sure, because you've got a pretty heavy shifter I, knob I on the FRS. Mine. Yeah, yeah. He's he's asking. It seems like it could cause wear and tear. Would you comment on that? I don't think it's a wear and tear thing. It's it's a momentum thing. What okay. happens when you put a heavier shift knob on a car is it adds just velocity. When, once you start moving that, it has its own momentum that can help it slot gears. Uh, You're saying like a second to third, you can just kind of use your palm of your hand and slam it home? Yeah. And, and, you know, look, you can drive a car hard with the world's lightest uh, shifter knob and beat on the transmission far more than you can by adding a pound to the shifter knob. And so this is a very light touch and use the weight of the shifter knob to do it? Exactly. Exactly. It just has a natural momentum to it. Mm -hmm. And you can get really smooth with it. And it also, in, in almost a almost a subconscious way. It just feels like the shift action's been improved. It requires less of you, sure, but it's I can very see that. precise. I love the the heavier shift knob I have in my car. I, full disclosure, Chance actually can't get used to it. He still has the original shift knob in his oh, that's BRZ. Right. doesn't that's really right. like the one in my car. I will admit it took a little while to get used to my car. With it, I so far prefer it. And there's just a nice, easy shift action there that I find far more precise. And so you'll find a lot of cars, you can buy a heavier shift knob. And it's just about feel, and it's not you're not damaging anything, and it's about feel. You might like it, you might not, honestly, but I think it's great. Sure. Anything else before we wrap up here? Um, let me see if there's anything else. I had a few, but uh, wow, there's so many. There's so many good ones. There's a here. lot of really good ones tonight. Um, oh, okay. I'm going to talk to this real quick, Brian. Brian asked two questions. He said, "When when will we have stickers with the new logo?" Uh, that's the secondary question. The short answer is soon. His real question is. Would we go a combination of Camry Fiesta or single car in Focus RS? Oh. And I'm going to say to you, Brian, I would do the two cars. Because the problem that we hear consistently with the Focus RS, which we both really like, the problem we hear with the Focus RS regularly is when you get into kind of the more mundane driving, it starts to be a hard car to love. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not a Camry fan, but if you are going to be commuting in a car and you told me it, all you're doing is commuting, it's all you're doing. Loaded out, nice leatherized Camry versus Focus RS. Leatherized? I'm going with that. Going with that. Does it's that kind, come in an aerosol can? It's, it's almost Lexified, but not quite. It's, it's not as expensive. Not I quite, guess. exactly. So okay. the leatherized Camry for an LA 405 stop and go commute or the Focus RS, I don't like the Camry That's dynamically, gonna be rough. but I'm going Camry. Yeah, and I'm then on the weekends, you take that little disposable Fiesta ST and ring it out. Disposable. It is. Because they're twelve grand. Man. Yeah, I'm going with you. I'm the same way. Because, you know, what if you run out of milk and you just have to go to the store? On one hand, you could make it a fun drive and get back 30 minutes later. Yeah. But you just needed milk. 
Yeah. So just take see, Camry, I, right? But see that no, see that point. I would still take the ST for the fun. I'm I'm just thinking about the drudgery that is a stop and go commute. Yeah, true, true. All right, guys, we're going to leave it there. But thank you so much for the amazing questions. This is always thought provoking. Really, really appreciate it. Don't forget the pilgrimage trip. As we mentioned at the top of the podcast, we would genuinely love to have you. There's still slots available. We're still talking about it. That is third through the seventh of September, 2017 the details on the Everyday Driver site. And I thought of one last thing before we let you go. Today, I was at two different events here in Park City, and I want to give a quick shout-out to Gabe, who I met at the Park City Car Club today. He was in from Tacoma, Washington. He was walking around the Park City Car Club and oh, went, great. you're Todd from Everyday Driver, which was really cool. Nice. And then I was at a restaurant, and a guy came up to me and goes, do you drive the orange FRS? You're kidding me. And I said, me. yeah. He, was, he wasn't even our waiter. He walked up, and I said, yeah. And my wife starts laughing. Do you want to buy it? And he, no, but, no, but he said, he's, here's the thing. I didn't tell you this. His name was Jake, so shout-out to you, Jake. Thank you, sir. Uh, he said, I watch your show. I watched all of your videos. I love your stuff. And actually, I bought an FRS six months ago because of you, because I was worried about could I drive it in the winter. You're That's cool. Kidding That's me. just cool. Fantastic. No, I'm glad that happened. Right on. Well, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers. Technology Truths brought to you by Geico. Technology Truths. Truth. You will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.